I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us. Holy cow, we have had a jam-packed show. This 4 o'clock hour is going to be jam-packed as well. Coming up in the next segment, Doug Wardlow, candidate for attorney general, is coming on. I have got so much to talk to him about, whether it's Keith Ellison or Lori Swanson or what the heck is the role of the attorney general for the great state of Minnesota. So Doug Wardlow will give us an update on that, too. Right now, I'm talking with my friend Greg Buck. Remember, he's a 35-year CPA. He teaches accounting classes. He's uh, here talking about some of the stuff that the Minnesota Voters Alliance is fighting for. And this is huge, you guys. This is absolutely huge. Steve Simon talks about how the number one threat to our elections is cybersecurity, and he's flat out wrong. He never tells us what that means. He never tells us what, why we should be worried about it. He never tells us what evidence he has for why it's the biggest threat out there. Honest to God, the biggest threat we face is ineligible voting, and you guys have to remember that. Um, just this past week, we had uh, Steve Simon come out and talk about cybersecurity without giving us any definitions, without telling us what he's doing about it. He, he, Steve Simon needs to come out and clearly outline concerns about what the threats are and why they're a threat instead of these vague allegations that he just keeps throwing out for us. And, and you know what, Steve Simon? I want to know if you even have a plan. Do you even have a plan for how you're going to protect our system, how you're going to look out for the firewalls and the safeguards to make sure we have free and fair elections? We had in Georgia this past week, we had a precinct in Georgia with 276 voters, 670 ballots were cast in that precinct. Gosh, do you think there's something wrong? Now, under uh, what Greg Buck told us was the definition of voter fraud, that wouldn't even be considered voter fraud because there haven't been any convictions. How crazy is that? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Do you know there was a voter in Missouri? A voter in Missouri was turned away from the polls for for wearing a Make America great hat. And eventually, I think he got to vote. And eventually, the election judge was told, was told he's wrong, wrong, wrong. This past week in Hennepin County, um, the Tribune, Star Tribune ran an article. What a joke they are. The Star Tribune ran an article saying Hennepin County investigates rare voting violation in 12 Minneapolis absentee ballots. And this... In this case, an unidentified person completed the witness verification forms, but they weren't a registered voter, and they signed the name of somebody who was not an, an – so they were illegal. And I, it's, it's just a shock that they caught this because, A, they never look for it, uh, and, B, the idea that anyone will be prosecuted is absolutely ridiculous. So at the – at the top, just before we went to the went to the break, Greg Buck was telling us a little bit about the legislative auditor report that was released in March of 2018, and they the elect they revealed that more than 26,000 individuals whose status was marked as challenged because they failed one or more of the eligibility tests actually voted in November of 2016, and they were allowed to vote not because they passed the eligibility test, but simply because they said, oh, yeah, I'm telling the truth. I get to vote. So, yeah, they got to cast their ballot. They got to put it in the ballot box right next to mine, a legal voter right next to mine. And what's so interesting is, uh, I mean, there's there's all different kinds of mechanisms that they check. Are you, are you dead or alive? Are you a felon? Are you an illegal alien? Are you, I mean, there's 
there's all different kinds of things that they do. But the bottom line is their definition and my definition of fraud are not the same thing. And we, if we can't trust who's voting, it doesn't matter how many times we count the ballots. Hi, Greg. We're back. I know, we're back. And I got sidetracked there for a little bit, but I think everybody's on the same page again now. This auditor's report is really astonishing. And and not just because of that auditor's report. That auditor's report verified a lot of the things that Minnesota Voters Alliance already knew was happening. And we've been working to try to get this data out of Simon. Simon, Secretary of State Steve, Steve Simon, throw his butt out of that Secretary of State's office. Um, um, so he's trying to uh, stall and saying it's pu- not public, it's private data, not public data. We sued and well, we're winning. That's right, Sue. Let's remind the the, uh, the listeners that uh, we won a we won our data practices case. Um, that that uh, ruling was issued at the end of June, and they promptly uh, filed a motion for it to stay it. Yeah. And uh, and so we still do not have the data. They are doing absolutely everything in their power to keep that away from us because they know with with the data we'll start to understand what's going on behind the curtain. Yep. I think one of the most interesting things in the 12 months following the 2016 election, Ramsey County carrying out its statutory responsibility mailed 55,000 postcards to people who were registered to vote more than 7 thousand had their postcards sent back to them marked undeliverable but those people voted and you know sue whether we're talking 26,000 or 7,442 in close elections it those matters. votes matter it matters all right we got one minute left so uh let's have a little bit on cybersecurity. Cybersecurity, I, I, you, you touched on it, Sue. I think uh, the secretary needs to uh, come out and tell us what sorts of uh, competent, independent um, reviews have been done right. on the internal controls over his uh, uh, over his IT systems. Um, we know that we have a problem today with ineligible people voting. The real risk that we know is in the polling place. It's not in the ether. Uh, we know there there have been no documented cases of hacking in Minnesota. None. We, Repeat we, that. Zero. Zero. None. No hacking. None. Uh, we, Secretary Simon reported, uh, uh, told the House uh, Election Committee that there have been no there has been no hacking in Minnesota. Homeland Security told Minnesota that it was not a target of the cyber attacks. But Steve Simon gets out there and he alludes to these vague things that oh yeah it's the biggest threat we're facing. Sue. There's six million dollars on the line right. in federal grants. <laughs> Follow There's the an money. Election. Yes, and, Follow the money. And we have a politician that's running for re-election right now. <laughs> and you know, finally, Mr. Simon knows there are big holes uh, behind the curtain, and he is doing everything. He's doing his level best to keep uh, to keep those in the dark. And I, I just love that anal- that Wizard of Oz analogy because that's exactly what's going on. People, you hear on the news and you read in the paper how we have the safest elections in 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 the country. We don't. No, and you know if you want to you want to talk about voter suppression, it's not just it's not just a guy standing with a baseball bat outside the polling place. That's not that's we don't see that anymore. The real voter not suppression, really. Sue, is somebody who is casting. 
an ineligible vote that that zeroes out that suppresses my vote. Right. That's the current day voter suppression, and we've got to eliminate that. And I look forward to the upcoming lawsuit or the continuing lawsuit, I guess I should say, because, yeah, we're not done until we get that data. That's right. All right. right. Thank you so much, Greg. Really appreciate you sharing some of this with us. Okay, folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we're done, uh, when when we come back, Doug Wardlow is going to be with us. Oh, my gosh. I have so many questions for him. I got questions about Keith Ellison. I got questions about Laurie Swanson. And mostly, I want him to tell people... What is the attorney general supposed to do? Because we hear all kinds of things of what of what all these candidates are telling us they're going to do as attorney general. But what is the attorney general really supposed to do? I turn your mic on, back on. <laughs> there we go. Oh, nope. There. You have Doug Wardlow. Doug Wardlow, right after the break. He's a good candidate. He's the best candidate, and I can hardly wait. All right, stay tuned, everyone. Thank you so much, Greg. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. I keep telling you how important this primary is, folks. I keep telling you how important it is that you get out and and vote. Uh, you can still vote Monday. You can, And, of course, you can vote in your precinct on Tuesday. But we are seeing such a hard left from the uh, the democrats that really truly they're unrecognizable now as the the party that we've known in minnesota so long primaries tend to do that with people the democrats endorsed a guy named matt pelican to be the attorney general uh i think it's a maybe a five-way primary on the on the on the Democrat side of the ballot, but the endorsed candidate, Matt, Matt Pelican, the endorsed Democrat candidate, Matt Pelican, tweeted out this week on this campaign, we believe black lives matter, trans lives matter, natives lives matter, climate change is real, women's rights are human rights, love is love, and love is the law, no human being is illegal. If you agree, vote Matt Pelican on 814. Did he miss any groups to pander to? Any groups at all to pander to, Stan? <laughs> I think he hit them all. I know. I'm so like... if I do illegal stuff and I vote for him, I, I don't get prosecuted? <laughs> is, that the, is that the answer to our problem? All I kept thinking is, what does the attorney general do? No I person mean, is illegal. I, I like that. I know, right? What the hell? <laughs> We're talking attorney general, you know, like a lawyer for the state. Is, that is just crazy. I, I just want to repeat this one more time. Matt Pelican, the Democrat-endorsed candidate, tweets out, On this campaign, we believe black lives matter, trans lives matter, natives' lives matter, climate change is real, women's rights are human rights, love is love and love is the law, no human being is illegal, and if you agree, you're supposed to vote for him on Tuesday. Let me tell you, I'll be voting for Doug Wardlow. Yeah, man. I'm voting Peace for Doug love, Wardlow. Dude. That's it. And I'm happy to say we have Doug Wardlow joining us. Hi, Doug Wardlow. How are you? Hi, Sue. Doing well. How are you doing? Oh, my gosh. Can you believe that tweet that Matt Pelican sent out? That is ridiculous. It's just sort of the far-left intersectional politics checklist, basically. Oh, yeah, that's the word, intersectional. Right. Yeah, I don't think he missed a group to pander to. Doug, Doug, you're the endorsed candidate for the Republicans for attorney general of the great state of Minnesota. 
What is the attorney general supposed to do? Well, the attorney general is supposed to be about standing up for the rule of law, enforcing the law, right? So the attorney general backs up our county attorneys, makes sure that criminals are prosecuted, handles difficult criminal felony appeals. The attorney general is supposed to represent state agencies, supposed to uh, tell the agencies to back off, and they're getting a little bit overbearing, doing things that are unconstitutional or illegal. It, it's, it's a rule of law job. That's, that's what it's all about. It's, it's not about intersectional politics. It's not about pandering to particular groups of voters. I mean, really, it shouldn't, it really shouldn't be a political job at all. It's mm-hmm. partisan in that we have a Republican or a Democrat in there, but it's all about the rule of law. You know, it seems to me, Doug, uh, and thank you, Doug Wardlow, for coming on today. It seems to me that the Democrats are really trying to turn the att- attorney general's office into a political arm of the Democrat Party or of the Socialist Party. I don't know what they are. Uh, right. We have to stop that, Doug. That's right. No, that's exactly what they're trying to do. When they can't get what they want done, uh, done in Congress or legislature, then they want to go to the courts, and they use the attorney generals around the around the country to 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 do that, join together in lawsuits and try to go around Congress, try to attack President Trump. In fact, Keith Ellison, the leading contender on the Democrat side, has expressly said just that. He wants to use the office to lead the resistance against President Trump. He wants to wage a political war against the president using the you know taxpayer-paid office of the attorney general for, for our state. And the funny thing, well, it's not funny. Um, the weird thing is, Doug, you've seen a lot of attorney generals step up and sue President Trump, and they are using it. They're using our government, um, and they're weaponizing it against our own sitting president. That's right. It's completely inappropriate, and, and that's why we need to stop Keith Ellison, because you know, Lori Swanson has done quite a bit of this, and there's been stories about how she's politicized the office general generally. You know, she brought the suit about the travel ban against President Trump, and she joined the suit against President Trump to block him for putting a question about uh, citizenship on the census. And those were entirely political lawsuits and really very little legal basis for those. But Keith Ellison will just take this to the next level. I mean, he wants to lead the charge for attorneys general around the country, for left-wing attorneys general around the country to go up against the president and, and, and side, you know, throw uh, President Trump's agenda off the tracks, basically. So I, I want to go back and talk about Lori Swanson a little bit more, and I want to um, talk about some of the lawsuits that she's brought forward. But when you're attorney general for the state of Minnesota, what are you going to focus on? Well, we're going to put Minnesota first, right? We're going to actually stand up for the rule of law, rebuild the criminal law division of the office, which has been completely eviscerated by Lori Swanson. I mean, it used to be, we used to have a robust criminal law division of the attorney general's office, and the job of that office is to back up our county attorneys, take over difficult prosecutions, handle felony appeals, uh, just make sure that we're putting criminals behind bars. But that, that division of the office is pretty much no longer there, and, and you know, county attorneys, especially in greater Minnesota, don't have the resources that they need to do their jobs. And we're not seeing any leadership on uh, statewide criminal law issues like human trafficking and the opioid epidemic, so I'm going to be focusing on those. Uh, and then we're going to deal with our state agencies and make sure that they're not uh, enforcing their regulations and rules in a way that are, that are hurting job creators and make sure they're doing everything according to the law and according to the Constitution. So those are the things I'll be focusing on, putting Minnesota first. One of the thank you, I appreciate that. I wish we'd had an attorney general who was doing that. One of the things that bothered me so much about Lori Swanson in the attorney general's office was that lawsuit against 3M. So here's this big giant lawsuit, and uh, there's a multi-million-dollar negotiated deal worked out at the end. Lori Swanson and the attorneys in the Minnesota Attorney General's office didn't even handle the case. Lori farmed it out to some of her lawyer buddies, and then now when it came back, not only did they get a big fat paycheck with that, but then the money comes back here, and then she tried to 
tried to figure out how she was going to see that, that it was spent. And that's just ridiculous, Doug. It's ridiculous, and it's contrary to law, too, because the, the, the legislature is supposed to make appropriations of all money that comes into the state from lawsuits that the attorney general brings. But, but Lori Swanson apparently thought that she could just go ahead and appropriate the money herself and sign a settlement <laughs> agreement and divided up the, the spoils of her lawsuit uh, and, and parceled them out to, to various purposes around the state. And, and that's just totally inappropriate. She's not the legislature. She is not the legislature. So there was a huge story this week, and shockingly, uh, or maybe not so shockingly, our local media didn't cover it. Was uh, The story was broke by The Intercept, which is an online uh, newspaper, and this was a huge story. It went nationwide. Uh, our media was so, I don't know, lazy or indifferent or so in, the, in bed with the Democrats that they didn't even want to report on it. This is a story that people have known about, that we've heard about for years, for 10 or 11 years. But apparently, Lori Swanson was using the Attorney General Office uh, state employees to do political work. I mean, that's just crazy. Do you know, Doug, it came out that when they looked at campaign finance reports, all the other campaigns had money for the staff. Lori Swanson didn't. She had a big fat zero. What do you think about having having the attorney general staff do your political work for you? It's, it's just terrible. I mean, Lori Swanson, we, yeah, like you said, we have, we've heard about this kind of thing going on at the attorney general's office for, for, for 10 or 11 years now, ever since Lori Swanson came in you know, 12 years ago. And she started politicizing the office, and, and, and it just got worse and worse. And now she's apparently using the office basically mm-hmm. to do her political work. And, and according to the reports, so there's an expectation that if you don't do a campaign work, then you're not gonna, your career is not going to proceed forward at the Attorney General's office. And that's just that's absolutely terrible. So she's politicized the office. She's using it for her campaign purposes, for her to advance her own political career. And now she's running for governor, and she's been doing that for over a decade. And then meanwhile, she's been. Uh, bringing lawsuits to advance her political career as well and get headlines in the newspaper and also the, against the president. Uh, so it, it's just terrible. They, we need to take the office back. It's been in Democrat hands for 48 years. And it's not surprising that if you leave such a powerful office in the hands of one party for nearly half a century that you would have things like this start to happen. Right. You need to have some turnover. Uh, that's why we have a, a two-party system. That's why we have elections, to, to make sure this kind of corruption doesn't, doesn't happen. Uh, so it's important that we take this office back uh, this year. So, Doug, uh, and again, this is Doug Wardlow, a candidate for attorney general for the great state of Minnesota. Doug, is there any recourse against her? Is there anything that we can that that we can do to hold her accountable for such corrupt behavior? Well, the the best recourse is to make sure that that she does not win for governor and that she's retired from politics in Minnesota. And then to make sure that Keith Ellison does not win the office of attorney general because he would just, you know, take it up to the next level. And if you think the office is political now, well, you haven't seen anything. Oh, uh, for yes, sure. Keith Ellison is just going to, it, it would be sort of terrible. I mean, you can't get further to the left or more political than Keith Ellison. And you know what, Doug Wardlow, think about this. A lot, the high turnout for, um, they're, they're talking about what a high turnout we're seeing for early vo- absentee voting and early voting. Uh, and, and in 
Hennepin County and in the city of Minneapolis, down in Olmstead County, uh, a little bit up in CD8, you're seeing some very, comparatively speaking, very large numbers of people who are turning out to vote. And anytime you see high numbers turning out to vote in Hennepin County and the city of Minneapolis, you automatically thank the far, far, far left wing of the Democrat Party, which, of course, is Keith Ellison. I don't I do not think Keith Ellison is going to win on Tuesday. I just don't. don't. I, I would be shocked if he doesn't. I know. Um, Everybody tells me I'm crazy. I just, I just, I, I don't want to lose faith in min- the people of Minnesota. I don't want to lose faith and, and have them vote for someone like Keith Ellison. I hope the people of Minnesota are smarter than that. Well, you know, I think Keith Ellison has a, has a decent chance. He's the front runner. But any, any one of the people on the Democratic side, the, the five-way primary, I think it is, uh, you know, he's just the leader of an extreme team of candidates, you know, and they're all very far to the left. So there isn't terribly much difference between them. Um, you know, we've got Matt Pelican, and you just were talking about his <laughs> recent tweet, um, Deb Hillstrom. All, all of these candidates are, are, are very far to the left, and they're going to continue to politicize the office. So. Yeah, that's it's just absolutely crazy. And hey, by the way, did I see you got endorsed by the Star Tribune? <laughs> yes. How, yes. What? What Such the heck, honor. Doug? What happened? <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was the most interesting kind of endorsement I've ever seen. <laughs> and basically, they said, uh, uh, you know, we'll endorse Doug Wardlow because he's the only turning uh, running in the race. But we really wish he wasn't such a conservative uh, Christian because <laughs> we don't like them, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I I looked at it and I I started reading it and I'm like, wait a minute, they're sure saying a lot of mean things about him for endorsing the guy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, you oh, know what? Yes. I'll endorse you, Doug Wardlow, and I won't say one mean thing about you. Well, that, I think you that are means a lot more than the Star Tribune endorsing. <laughs> Thank you. You are exactly what we need in the Attorney General office, and I hope everybody votes for you on Tuesday, and I hope everybody votes for you in November, and I hope you are sitting in that chair uh, sooner rather than later because you're one of the few candidates that I know we can absolutely trust to help move Minnesota in the right direction. Uh, Doug, if people want to find more information for you or or send you something to like a big check, a big fat check, or if they have a question about your campaign, where can they get more information about you? No, absolutely. Go to the website, which is DougWardlowAG.com. All right. Thank you so much, Doug Wardlow. Good luck. I know you're going to win on Tuesday. I can't wait to vote for you in November, too. Very good, Sue. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Bye, Doug. Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break. Do I have to take a break? I can take this phone call. Can I take this phone call? Yeah, I can take this phone call. Mark, you're up quick. Hey, Mark, welcome to the show. Oh, I guess I hung up on him. Sorry, Mark. Okay, now we will take a quick break. I'll tell you a little bit more about the primary when we come back. I want to weigh in a little bit more uh, on Lori Swanson. Uh, you guys, there's a lot of crazy out there. There's a lot of crazy out there. And this is only the primary. What I find so shocking is, hey, you Democrats, you knew all this crap. You knew all this crap about Nolan. You knew all this crap about Swanson. You knew all this crap about the other goofy candidates out there. And you never said a word. You never said a word. And now all of a sudden it comes down to some sort of a contested primary. And all of a sudden you want to get this information out there. Shame on you. Shame on you. You know what? When there's a bad Republican candidate out there, I point it out to you. And you would think. 
You would think there would be Democrats out there who would tell you the, the, the corruption that's going on in the Democrat Party and the idea that they circled the wagons for 11 years on, on Lori Swanson. That's just shocking and appalling, and it just makes me absolutely disgusted. Also, with the primary, what makes me absolutely disgusted is that far-left turn that the Democrats have taken. And I have, I've known, I, I know a lot of Democrats in, in my neighborhood. I run into them in, uh, out, out and about. I run into them at the grocery store and the gas station. And they say the same thing. The Democrat Party is virtually unrecognizable now. Unrecognizable. They just don't know how, uh, they, they don't want to vote for the Democrats anymore because they, because they don't understand what they stand for. So I want to, stress to you again how important it is that you vote in the primary, how important it is that you get involved with some of these good candidates. I marched in Stockyard Days Parade on Thursday night in the heat after a long day being an awesome election judge at the Shoreview Library. I'll tell you about it when I come back. We'll talk about the primary. We'll get into some more phone calls. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and com. the day. Yeah. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. I'm Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and com. Primaries on Tuesday. Get your butt out there and vote. Okay? Get out there. So we got a lot of great candidates running for um, for all the statewide offices, for the Minnesota House of Representatives, both in Washington, the, the State House and the one in D.C., um, all the congressional candidates, uh, all eight of them, we still have eight. And like I said, all the constitutional candidates plus the two Senate, two U.S. Senate seats um, and all the Minnesota House of Representatives. I was at Stockyard Days Parade in New Brighton, little toasty warm, proudly wearing my Susan Erickson uh, T-shirt. And um, we had Colin there. He was banging on that drum. Eric Eric Lucero came Lucero came over and marched in the parade with us. We were handing out candy, shaking hands. So at the parade, I I well I run into a lot of people and I end up talking with them. So I had a hard time staying up with everyone else, but I did get a chance to a lot talk to a lot of people. So I was I stopped to talk to this one woman, and next to her was this woman who told me she was terrified of Donald Trump. She was terrified. I honestly thought she was going to start crying. Now, I had stopped to talk to the woman next to her. She overheard us talking, and she just thought we were the two craziest women ever. So I, I, I kneeled down in front of her, and I talked to her, and I said, Ma'am, we survived President Obama. We'll survive Donald Trump. And she looked at me, and honestly, I thought she was going to cry. And she said, No, no, we won't. And I said, Yes, yes, we will. He's just the president of the United States. And by then I had a lot of people listening and I was explaining to her that it's okay. There's not going to be a nuclear war and how we survived. And there have been other bad presidents before. And there have been other great presidents that people didn't realize that they were great presidents until until before. And we were talking about uh, the difference between communism and socialism and how how communism was government ownership of of 
everything of production and property and government control of all the markets and and how government controls uh, the distribution of income. And then we talked a little bit about socialism and how there was some private ownership of means and productions. And then we talked about government's involvement into the markets and distribution. This was a woman that that didn't understand what communism, socialism, capitalism meant. This was a woman who spent so much time on social media. She was terrified that we were going to get nuked by North Korea or whoever. And you know what? By the time we were done, I think I lowered her blood pressure. I know that's hard to believe for for people. But I was trying to explain to her that really, truly, it's the Democrats who are the party of bad ideas. It's the Democrats who are the party of big government. I was trying to explain to her that freedom isn't scary. Freedom isn't scary. We want to be in control of our own lives. We don't want government to be in control of our lives. And when you see the Democrat Party that has taken this hard, hard, hard shift to the left, whether you're talking about immigration or health care or open borders or guns or the environment or anti-business or regulation or even or even speech and property rights and and the Internet and your income and social justice and gender fluidity and and the democrats are getting out there they're promising single payer and they're promising affordable housing and they're promising free college sounds so nice sounds so awesome it does doesn't it but you know what you got to figure out how to pay for it and when jeff johnson was on earlier oh you should have seen his interview on fox news today that was good um but when he was in here earlier he talked about the importance of work he talked about the value of work and so many people don't understand that and the democrats that's the bottom line. The bottom line. Their good intentions are crushing us. They're crushing us. You know what else is scary is the fact that, like this lady you met, a lot of people take to heart what's on social media. I and they, know. Oh, well, really? That's what's happening? Oh, I, I didn't know Stan. that. Thank God I, I was listening yeah. to Susie down the street because <laughs> she's in my uh, church group or she's in my dog club, you know? <laughs> She was terrified. She was so scared. And I'm like, ma'am, we're going to be just fine. Just fine. And we are going to be just fine. Well, unless you live in St. Paul, one of the things I'm not going to get to do this week is my local, local, local stories. Um, Because Melvin Carter proposed the new St. Paul budget. You poor people in St. Paul, if you haven't moved yet, get out. Get out. You saw a 29% increase in your property taxes last year. Melvin Carter's proposed an 11.5% property tax increase for this year. And again, he wants a hefty investment. Not for cops. Uh Uh-uh. No cops. He wants it for affordable housing, new streets, and legal help for the immigrants. So maybe they can have the drag queens come into the library. And he'll run his next campaign that he lowered taxes because he went from a 25% increase (laughs) to only a 12% increase. Good point. A good point. Because that's the math. That's how that math works, you know. Um, And maybe while they're in the library watching the drag queens read stories, maybe they can be handing out driver's licenses to illegal aliens as well don't you th- don't you think yeah okay so when i talk about when i talk about the primaries i want you to pay attention here um the the primary for governor we talked about earlier uh jeff johnson did a great 
interview with me today. I had so many more questions I wanted to ask him. I, I'm sorry I and didn't get to it. that's up on the iHeartRadio app right now. It's already posted. Go back and listen to it. Have your friends listen to it and get out and vote for him Monday or Tuesday. Um, on the Democrat side, I am really conflicted. Mark Dayton's stepping down. He's been there two years. He's left us with a huge, huge, huge mess. And I mean everything, whether it's from taxes, whether it's from spending, whether it's the failing schools, whether it's the congested roads, whether you're talking about Minsure or Minlars, whether you're talking about dead kids in the foster care system or elder abuse with our seniors. Uh, it has been one disaster after another. Don't even get me started about the Somalian daycare fraud. Don't even get me started about that. Thanks for nothing. Mark Dayton, thanks for nothing. We're going to be cleaning that up for a long time. So Mark Dayton's out of there. I think people are tired of the Democrats. I think they don't know what they stand for anymore. I think they're worried about the hard left shift that they've taken, which you know, uh, in a primary, generally speaking, the candidates do take a hard left shift because the Democrats are trying to appeal to their base. Well, their base is crazy now. And when you look at Aaron Murphy and Lori Swanson and Tim Waltz, I initially thought Lori Swanson was going to win this outright. I thought she was going to be the candidate. Uh, Aaron Murphy is the endorsed Democrat. Uh, Tim Waltz, I thought, had a pretty good shot uh, until it seems like guns took him out. Um, but now the with all the corruption from Lori Swanson's office, I think that's hurt her. I think it's hurt her really bad, and I'm, I'm not so sure that she can win anymore. There's been a lot of early voting out of Minneapolis, out of Hennepin County, out of Olmstead County, uh, and, and a few other places. So I, it could be that she got enough votes to win. Uh, then again, maybe enough people haven't voted or are still planning to go out and vote that she won't win. So as far as the DFL side of the governor's primary, I have no idea. I have no idea which one of the three are going to win. I have already predicted that Jeff Johnson was going to win the win the primary uh, on Tuesday. Mark my words. You heard it here first. Yep. Uh, the attorney general's race. We talked to Doug Wardlow earlier that that again, uh, when. When Lori Swanson didn't get the attorney general's uh, endorsement, it just set off a flurry of everything, which is why we have so many contested primaries, why we have so many uh, big names in a lot of different big races that normally you wouldn't have have heard about. So in the DFL, you have Matt Pelican. I know I read you heard me. I read his thing. Uh, he, I read his tweet from just the other day. Uh, I don't think he stands a chance. He does not stand a chance. But running against him in the on the Democrat side, Keith Ellison, Tom, Fon Tom Foley, Deborah Hillstrom, and Mark Rothman. Mike Rothman. Mike Rothman. What a disaster in the Commerce Department. Why would he? Why would anybody want him to to be the guy? Uh, and so, and that's another one. There's so much crazy on that Democrat side. In that Democrat race, I do think it's going to come down to, oh, I, I don't know, Keith Ellison's going to be a going to put up a strong performance. Mark Rothman's going to put up a strong p performance. Um, and I think Deb Hillstrom's going to put up a stronger performance than people think as well. Uh, hands down, Doug Wardlow's, he's running, he's got a primary against Bob Lassard, who's Really old, and I'm not saying you can't be really old and have an office, but I just think, Bob, 
your yeah, your time has is done. He was in the Minnesota Senate as a Democrat for 26 years. Uh, he started the Legacy Amendment, which what a fiasco that has turned out to be. Thanks for nothing, Bob. Um, and then, of course, you have a you have um, Al Franken's seat, and he got booted out of office because of sexual harassment uh, charges. Oh my gosh, he thinks he's going to come back. No, we don't want him back. But Tina Smith was appointed to that seat. I think Tina Smith is in trouble, in spite of having millions of dollars from Planned Parenthood, in spite of having Mark Dayton's. Um, seal of approval in spite of everything i think karen housley is running a a very good race uh i think she's going to win that one tina smith has a primary against i don't know some activist and attorney in minneapolis and against richard painter i was at golf last week one of the one of the women came up to me she said i want to vote for that richard painter i want to vote for him and i'm like awesome vote for him that's who i think you should vote for uh karen housley has a has one too bob anderson um Bob, I think I went to high school with you. I love you. I think you're great, if it's that Bob Anderson. Um, but I still think Karen's going to win that one. You also have a huge contested race up in CD8 to find out who runs against Stauber. Uh, the interesting one for me is 1st District, uh, Carla Nelson. Go away. Go away, Carla. Uh, Jim, I think Jim Hagedorn's going to win that first uh, uh, primary in the 1st District. In fact, I'll go further than that. Uh, what are the Democrats? 23 seats away from taking the majority in the U.S. House, and uh, they're not going to do it. The Republicans will keep the House. Um, I think there are going to be so many Republican wins in Minnesota for Congress. I think it's just going to be absolutely shocking. Um I predict Hag- Hag- Hagedorn in the first, Jason Lewis in the second, Paulson's going to win the third. Eric Paulson made it a lot harder than he needed to. Uh, Greg Ryan's going to put up a good fight against Betty McCollum. And who knows, maybe people are so sick of Democrats, they'll actually get smart and vote for Greg Ryan. Uh, in the fifth, Jennifer Z- Zielinski. Um, I think I heard her on Andrew and and um, John's show in the morning last week. I'll try to get her on before November, too, because I think she's a really interesting candidate in a very difficult race. Uh, Tom Emmer's going to win. David Hughes is going to win in seven, that whole big, long district along the western edge of Minnesota. And I, hands down, Stauber's going to win up, up, up north. We're going to see some crazy in CD5. Uh, I'm, I'm predicting Margaret Anderson Kelleher is going to win that one. She's running against Patricia Torres Ray, who I think is having a difficult time getting momentum going. And I just don't think they're ready for Elian Omar. Uh, Margaret has shifted hard, hard, hard left, but she does have a little, uh, she, she has some common sense. So we'll see what happens there. Whoever wins that fifth congressional seat, uh, for the Democrats, will have that spot for life or as long as they want it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, there are also, uh, 20 Minnesota house contestants, uh, contests on the ballot. So I want you to pay attention to a few of these. I'm actually going to be helping two of the candidates, um, uh, that I'll tell you about when I come back. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Happy days, Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days, Thursday, Friday, happy days, Saturday afternoon, everyone.
and thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. So Stan was saying he hates that Joe Peggs commercial. <laughs> so he hates dumb. it. He hates it. He's going to delete it oh, out, yes. of the, out of the thing. I just want you to know. Oh, yes. I know Sue who, I, I know who John Legend is. Wow. He said, nobody knows who John Legend is. I know who John Legend is. He was in Jesus Christ Superstar, and he oh. was amazing. But I know who he is besides that, too. Okay, so let me just talk about a few more things as we wrap up the show today. Again, I'm really sorry we're not out in Farmington at the Dakota County Fair. We'll try to make that happen down the road. I appreciate all the work that people went to to try to pull it together. I'm just really sorry it did not happen. Uh, I'm really excited because the Kavanaugh co confirmation hearings are set for September 4th. So this is Trump's latest United States Supreme Court pick. I am very, very excited about that. Um, I also want, after you vote in the primary on Monday or Tuesday, uh, Monday at the early voting sites in your county or Tuesday in your precinct, I want you to make sure that you call your congressional representative and the White House. And I want you to tell them that you want to weigh in on the census numbers and you want to make sure that it's citizens who are being counted for the for citizens who are counted for the census. And by the way, that 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 is also natural born citizens, but legalized and naturalized people as well. So um, count them up. Let's go. And remember, the next governor is going to be redistricting for the state of Minnesota. And yeah, that's going to be an important thing, too. I also want to point out that I don't know who put this out. It was the Great America PAC, and I'm not sure who that is, but they have a new ad that came out Thursday against Tina Smith, Senator Tina Smith, that's who Karen Housley's running against, um, calling her too radical for Minnesota. And I've seen so many of these commercials, I'm bored with most of them. But I actually watched this commercial, and it talked about Tina Smith, her support for sanctuary cities, her, her support for abortion, her support for government spending. And the thing that probably made me the most angry is she talked about uh, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, President Trump's Supreme Court pick, and Tina Smith has been blasting Kavanaugh. She, Tina Smith hasn't even taken the time to give him a fair hearing, to look at the materials that's released on, to listen to what he has to say. Tina Smith hasn't even taken the time to meet with him. And, and here she is ripping him apart. So uh, great America Pack, whoever you are. Uh, I really liked your commercial about Tina Smith calling her too radical for Minnesota. So excellent job. Uh, in the House seats, we have some really interesting contested races. Of course, Governor, AG, CD5, Senate, 20 House seats. Two House seats are interesting me the most. The, uh, the contested primary for 55A in Shakopee. Eric Mortensen, go, baby. I hope you win. He's the endorsed candidate. He's running against Bob Lunin. Bob Lunin, you had your chance. You let us down. You lost your endorsement. You got a DWI. I'm really sorry about the DWI because I think Eric Mortensen could have beat him without the DWI. So, and I think Eric Mortensen's going to win that race anyway. I'm going to be in Maple Grove, 34A, on Tuesday helping uh, Brad Ganser. And Joyce Pepin retired with just a couple days before the filing deadline closed. And, of course, they always have their hand-picked candidate. And you know what? The hand-picked candidate seems like a real nice lady. And she's pretty, and she's not stupid, and she has all her teeth and all that kind of stuff, you know. But I'm sorry. I don't want anyone to be hand-picked. I want 
Brad Ganser to win. He's done a really good job. I don't want a bunch of rich people to come in and push this hand-picked candidate over. Who's going to just stick with the status quo? I want something better. So if you want to come join me in Maple Grove. Or I was thinking about going up to help Cal Barr. He has a, a, a primary as well, but I think he's just going to win that one outright. Uh, there are 20 Minnesota House contests on the ballot for the primary. Most of them are Democrat primaries. There are seven candidates running for Representative Omar's seat, three candidates running for Deborah Hillstrom's seat. Most of these are open seats. Five candidates running for Karen Clark, who's retiring after 19 terms. So there are lots of those. Listen to this, though. There are four incumbent DFL representatives. Ray Dean of Minneapolis, Mary Kunish Podin of New Brighton, Fu Lee of Minneapolis, and John Lush of St. Paul are facing primary challenges. Vote for the other people. Vote for the other people and throw those four out of there and get ready for some uh, some targeted races that we're going to have to get out and help some good people win in November. So there are my predictions. There's what's happening. Get out and vote. This is such such an exciting time. Uh, I, I just, yeah. You just go crazy for that. You just love this. I know. And I didn't even get a chance to talk about the Democrat Party. I didn't get a chance to talk about St. Paul. I didn't get a chance to talk about the Park Board tripling their pay. Oh my God, tripling their pay. Looks uh, like I'm going to be running for dog catcher next I know. I mean, let's run for Park Boards, Dan. Holy cow. Alright, everyone. I can't stress enough. Get out and vote. Bring friends with you. It's an important election. They all are, but this one's really important. Have a great week. We'll talk results next week. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.